This is Randy Rosetta with HubCityPreps.com with this week's football edition of the Pirate Podcast. Kept having to do basketball stuff. It's that weird time of year, but as yeah. you know, you've lived it for what, 36, 37 years? You know, am I right? 38. Yeah. I was trying to give you a year back. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, this time of year is very basketball heavy because teams like uh, Shallow Water and Lubbock Cooper that are really good kind of start getting revved up, but. My mother-in-law said something the other day. She said, are you covering basketball Friday? I was like, no. Still football going on. So I'm out here with Chip Darden, if you couldn't tell. I'll, I'll say this every time. Chuck Darden's son. <laughs> yeah, I'll um, take nothing it. wrong with that. Yeah, I'll take I'm, it. I'm Jenny Rosetta's husband, so I'm okay with there that. You go. But we're going to talk because you guys do have a football game. And even though you guys have a lot of hay in the barn, it's a pretty big football game for a few reasons. First of all, you guys want to get some bad taste out of your mouth. Lost yep. to Tascosa last week. We'll just tear the, the scab off there. First district loss since you've been coach. Mm-hmm. So that's a there's a double-edged sword there. You were really good. For, you're still really good, but hadn't lost one your whole time. You lost to a really good team last week, so let's start there. Yeah. A couple of people have asked me, what happened to Cooper? Well, what happened is that Tascosa is really good. Cooper didn't play poorly or – didn't play hard. It was just Tascosa was really good that night. Yeah, they, they deserved a win. I think their coaching staff did a really good job. We we kind of went into it, um, had a game plan to take away some of their big plays, and we, we thought we did that. We uh, made them, you know, have extended drives, and, you know, that's hard a lot of times on an offense because one little mistake and mm-hmm. you're done, and they were able to, to do it. They were able to execute all night. So. Um, hats off to them. They, they did a good job. They ran a little scheme on us after they kind of figured out what we were doing that we hadn't seen them do a lot. And uh, their quarterback, I thought, played a really good game. And, um, you know, it was just a funny game. We knew it would be low possession. I kind of – Six apiece, right? Yeah. And I, I kinda know that they got it back for the last one, but that was like right out the clock. Right. I kind of joke, somewhat joking, but not. I kind of said, man, we might only get eight possessions in the game and ended up being six. Yep. So um, – and some of that's our fault, you know. One possession, we go three and out, and you know that that's that's on us, not not making some first downs. But uh, anyway, it, it just uh, one of those games. We knew it coming in. And, um, thought they made plays and, and they made good adjustments, and you know our guys uh, in that situation, you know the that the district winning streak. Our guys knew about it and never okay with winning and I mean with losing and and we're never you know that's never going to be the case we're going to do everything we can to win at the same time I think there's a little pressure off of them this week yeah. that we've we've kind of noticed that the guys are they they came in ready to go now they don't want to lose two in a row and you know there's been some people kind of hint that this game doesn't matter but it matters a lot to us and um there's there's kind of deeper meaning that you can go to, you know, about how many games you you get in your career anyway. So right. each one's important. But then also just it's important to them because we want to go in the playoffs on a high note. So our guys, you know, it, it would I think it would be different if we just kicked the ball around against Tesco's and got beat. We didn't play terrible, but we didn't play well enough to win. And they, they made more plays than we did. And um, we that's been a focus for us and making sure that we're – we're the one making the plays down the road, and hopefully that game makes us better um, for, for a playoff run. Stick to the basketball theme for a minute. We were just talking one the two things that Tascosa didn't do that I have heard people say they've struggled with at times with that offense. They didn't dribble the ball at all. Yep. Didn't put it on the ground. And their penalties, they had some penalties, but they were never 
like there was one time I think you they converted like a third and fifteen, but it wasn't those kind of drives that just blow up a or what, those penalties that just blow up a drive. They they played clean enough for that offense to keep going. And like you said, there your guys were hitting hard. Good Lord, cut Cutter Douglas twenty two tackles. Twenty two, huh? He reminded me of I think I've told you before. He reminds me a little bit of Mike Smith from Coronado. I think yep. your, your era that. Every time the pile got up, there was Cutter getting yep. up after making a play. It was just not staying up. I'm going to – completely opposite kind of game. I'm a Chiefs fan, as you know. A few years ago, they played the Colts in the playoffs, Peyton Manning, and the Chiefs had to punt once in the first half, and I immediately thought, that's going to cost them the game. Yeah. And when you guys had to punt on your first possession, I thought, well, they may still win this game, but – and you mentioned it afterwards, just giving up one possession in a game like that without something. Yeah, that's what we knew. You know, those first possessions of the game, we go three and out, they go three and out. It's kind of like feeling each other out, right. getting figured out. And then uh, then a little bit of scoring. And um, we knew the, the little turnaround right before half was huge. Right. They score in the last play of the half and then get the ball and go score. And um, that's that's a great, great job on their part. I think that's a culture thing, and we, we try to do that as well. But – um, then our first offense's first possession in the second half thought was huge. We got it past midfield and then stalled out and some plays I'd like to have back as far as the play calling. But, uh, you know, that that was the, the empty possession that just really killed us because then they go up two scores. And at that point, um, in a game like that where you know they can possess the ball for six to eight minutes, you've – you kind of start pressing a little bit, and um, we we ended up, you know, out of our six possessions, we kind of kind of thought four of them we were able to run our game plan, do what we wanted to do, and then the last two we were we were doing something a little bit different. And um, anyway, again, a learning experience, and and we there, there's a whole lot that we've got to be better at, um, but I think there's positives we can take from it too. Well, and if there's anything, maybe this is the most valuable thing. I don't know if you'll run into anybody else that runs triple option or flex bone when you get to the playoffs unless you beat Tascosa again in the fourth round, correct? Correct. That prepares your guys for – to me, that's one of those things where as a coach you can say, look, this is what they're going to do, this is how they're going to do it. But that's one of those systems that until you get out there and see it yourself as a player, you really don't completely get it. Now yeah. your guys have seen it. Right. And I think coaching staff too. Um, we've got a few guys on our staff that have – that have gone against that offense and have gone against Tascosa and kind of knew some things. But I think we'll be better as coaching staff just being able to see it and, and go, okay, this is this is how they're attacking us. This is because of what we're doing. You know, in that offense, there's an answer for everything. Yes. And so understanding here's the answer. Here's how we got to adjust now too. And um, I, I, think, I think overall our team will be better if we play somebody like that again. But um, I'd prefer not playing somebody like that again, honestly. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> So if you've had coaches that have seen it before, they must be old dudes like me because I heard somebody call that old man football. Well, yeah. If it's old man football and works. It's, it's winning Winning football yep. is what matters, yep. You guys have won a lot. You want, Like you said, you want to go to Caprock, you go on the road, play at Dick Bibbins Stadium. You guys haven't been as exposed to the Lubbock-Amarillo just natural rivalry through mm-hmm. the years as the LISD teams have and friendship for that matter. There's there's a little bit of I don't know if edge is the right word, but Lubbock teams and Amarillo teams just naturally there may be a lot of respect, there may be no bad blood, but they don't like each other that much because you're almost representing 
a city sure. of 300,000 down here and a city yeah. of 200,000 up there. How intrigued are you to go up there and see what you guys do against an LISD team or an Amarillo team? Have you Did you play one of them up there already? Yeah, we played Amarillo High up there. Oh, you had some success yep. there. So you got a feel for their kind of the, the crowd at Dick Bivens and what it can be like. How yeah. eager are you to see how your guys bounce back? Yeah, it, it's a tough place to play. That was some, that was a big focus for us when we played Emerald High, that it's tough to go to Dick Bivens and win. Um, and at, we, we like playing there. Just the facility's great. They, they take care of you and all that stuff. And, you know, kind of playing at, at Lowry, um, really nice facility. And um, But we also like going on the road. There's – a lot of times, less distractions. We're we're focused on it, and when we're here, there's there's distractions that are. It's crazy trying to block those out. But um, and I think the reason there's probably a pretty big uh, you know, little rivalry there too is just there's good football. Lubbock ISD and Lubbock, you know, in general, is playing really good football. And same with Amarillo. Those, those guys have won a lot and a lot of history behind a lot of those schools. So I think that plays into it too. So it'll be fun and. Caprock's playing for playoff spot. You know that it's going to be. Um, I think. I think we're going to get two hungry teams that maybe different reasonings for being hungry, but uh, they, you know, they've had a week off to kind of stew on that Tascosa where they almost beat Tascosa. Really, really had them beat. Kind of just didn't bounce their way. And um, so anyway, I, I think it's just going to be a really highly competitive and just good West Texas football game. And they've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. You mentioned the Tascosa game. They beat Coronado, clubbed them like a baby seal. I'll probably get in trouble with Peter for saying that. Clubbed them like a baby seal and yep. then got beat that bad by Amarillo High. These are all teams you've seen. So yep. as a coaching staff, it might be kind of hard to figure out what what are they doing here? What Because yeah. they've been so erratic. Right. Well. But if you look at the film of those games, like particularly the Amarillo High game, I think that was 21-20 late in the second quarter. Um Emerald High got one late to make it 28-20, I believe, um, at half. I mean, that's just that's a that's a ball game, and yeah. then it kind of snowballed on them. You know, they had a turnover here or there. That um, I think that's the that's the thing that you've seen. There's turnovers. I mean, you can say it any game, but yeah. are so huge, and I think that's kind of Abilene High and the Emerald High game. That's just kind of how it happened. So um, they are good, and and you know, I mentioned the Tascosa game, the Canyon High game didn't go their way either. That really should have and. Um, I think you see both of those, and they're, they're really close to being 7-2 right now. And um, there, there's no fluke. You know, I think sometimes you see a team um, have success against somebody and it was just kind of a fluky game. Like, there's no fluke about them. They're good. They're, they're talented. They're physical. Um, so that's the kind of game we're expecting. And we know if we, if we turn it over, they can, they can beat us just like Amarillo or Abilene beat them. I mean, they, they're, they're that talented. So – we got to play well. We got to take care of the football. It seems like it's been a while since you've put two good offensive halves together. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that's part of the sermon this week is we don't have to be spectacular on offense, but let's be consistent. I thought you guys were really good in the first half against Tascosa. Jackson Austin's turned into a pretty dang good running back yep. for a kid who's. Start of the season as a slot receiver. Uh-huh, slot, yeah. Um, I told him afterwards I've never seen a high school kid duck under a it's tackle. Yeah. And he did it twice on one play. Yeah. I mean, he's got incredible stop-and-go ability. Yeah. And I think he's – I'm sure you're excited about him. I'm not going yeah. to tell you that. So. He, yeah, he, he's just a playmaker. Like, there's times even we're watching film that 
Um, he's still learning the position. He's still maybe not hitting um, the angle and the timing is a little off, but he just makes plays. So it's hard to hard to keep him off the field, hard to not give him the ball when he makes plays like that. But, you know, our offense, I, I agree with you. But, you know, again, funny game. And, and our offense had a little to do with this, but uh, we went up 14-7 to against Tesco's. So I think there was – Right at about six minutes left in the first half. Yep, five fifty-seven. In fact, from that point on, we snapped it fifteen times. Yep, that's and, what uh, I told one of your guys. I think Silas or it may have been Jackson. I said, "You guys know you only snapped the ball fifteen times." And they looked at each other like, oh. "Yeah." And so again, there's a lot of factors. Tascosa had a whole lot to do with that. We didn't execute that first drive, and um, we had some some drops when we were starting to throw it a little bit. I thought Tyler was was throwing it on time and doing a good job. Had some drops that just. Anyway, just kind of didn't make some plays, and that so that affected us. But I, you know, it's hard to judge our second half offense. I think just based on how the game went. But we do. We need to. We, we've said it a lot, and I think we're getting better at some of the stuff we're executing. Some of it you don't see on Friday just yet, um, but how we're practicing and how we're getting better at certain things. I, I think we're we're due for a big performance on offense. Now Caprock's not going to make that easy because they're so good on D. But um, I think we're due for a good performance. You know, the, the, you kind of just, in my head, it clicked. Your offensive line was so good in that first half, but that's because you had drives, you sustained drives. And to me, offensive linemen, you hear about a running back kind of get getting into the rhythm the more carries he gets. Well, offensive linemen, same way. If they're out there for seven, eight, nine plays, they're kind yep. of gaining confidence with, with each play. Couldn't do that in the second half because they may have been blocking well, but all of a sudden they're back on the sideline. You did yeah. – not give any secrets away because people can see this. You did run them out there on on goal line, yep. defense a couple of times because I looked out there and there's just like this mountain of humanity yep. at the goal line. So you got them out there, but just yeah. not in their normal right roles. Yeah, and and some of that stuff we've been working on for a while, playing some of those guys, and we got some packages with defensive guys playing offense and. Um, but, yeah, those guys, I agree. There's a rhythm to it, kind of getting a feel for the game, and, and I thought they really did that in the first half. But, again, we kind of changed after that first possession, the second half changed a lot of what we were doing. We, we started dropping back and throwing a little bit more. And um, Tesco made a few little adjustments with how they were playing some of our zone read stuff, and it was a good adjustment. And um, It's kind of like we, couldn't, we didn't have enough game time, enough plays to readjust and, and uh, attack what we thought we could. But. Yeah, they, um, don't, they don't let you in high school games after the final clock. They don't, hey, we need to run a few more. Exactly. No, no doubt. Caden um, Chambers, is he back this week? Yes, sir. Yep. That This is not meant to be a criticism, but this as good as Jackson was, that was the first time I noticed you didn't have kind of a bowling ball on wheels type back mm-hmm. to kind of soften up the middle because Jackson's thing was finding a hole or <laughs> – Scooting Bouncing. over here and finding right. a hole. It looked like you didn't have as physical a presence in the running game. And that, again, that's something the offensive line kind of feeds off. Of right. That. Yeah, it, that'll help. And, and Ethan Elkins, each game and each yeah, practice really is getting better and better. And uh, he's he's going to earn himself more carries and more time. It, it's just been a process getting him back where he's back to being comfortable. And he'll – um, he had a good week of practice too. So, yeah, I, I think we'll be able to hopefully have a look at that physical presence. And, and then you know how it is. Any, I mean, if, if we got a guy that's rolling, Coach Rob will do that. He'll, he'll let him. Jackson was kind of rolling, so we kind of let him keep going. But 
Um, we like it if we can spread 30 carries across three of them as compared to giving one person all 30. Versatility is a huge thing it in high is. school football. And then you just you wear the defense down and you got fresh legs coming at them. And, um, so we'd like to do that, but at the same time, if somebody's got a hot hand, we'll, we'll stick with the hot hand and, and go from there. But it would be good to have Chambers back. I don't want you to give away any secrets, but I bet there's some big guys that are trying to twist your arm to get back there and carry the ball. I know one in particular that's in my head. That yeah. I bet I know he's probably tried to talk you into Oh, yeah, we always we get that all the time. But, uh, no, we, we're, we're confident in the ones that we got. Like I said, we've got some packages where defensive guys come over and play a little offense, and uh, they'll it, – it's been weird. The situation hadn't just totally called for it. Um, and we our, our thought process is we've got to be able to ex- whatever play we've got to be able to execute at a high level. And so hopefully hopefully that's kind of the approach that we're taking and, and kind of what we'll do. The reason that popped into my head is because Tascosa had a sixty six ran the ball a couple of times if I remember right. That, uh, am I thinking right? Is that or am I th- maybe I'm thinking of a different game? But you might be thinking of a different game. I don't I don't think they had a sixty six game it's always, against us. But they I, I, he was in the backfield some. Okay. That's always kind of cool when you see, yeah. wait, that guy's not supposed to be there. Exactly. So, yeah. I've asked, you know, I do this with friendship coach Jay Northcutt every week too, and I ask him the same question. You guys have had a lot of great moments, a lot of great performances. Have you played a complete game yet this season? Um, you know, I would say the, the closest that we, I mean, I think there's room for improvement every game, but the closest one would probably be Emerald High. You know, and that Emerald High got two late ones on us, and you know we'd like to finish the game better. We turned it over, you know, we were up thirty-eight-seven and turned it over, and kind of, anyway, just kind of didn't finish the game great. But I think probably for three quarters and and eight minutes, that was about our most complete game. Um, but no, I think I think the best game's still out there, and that's you like to see that. You know, if you can look back and see all these games we played perfect here, perfect there. And that's kind of scary going forward. So I think there's still room for improvement. Because to me, coaches are like, you're the mater d's. You come in. That's a fancy word that I'm surprised I could say. <laughs> you get to set the table. You get to kind of set the menu. But other people have to go out and sure. young people yep. have to go out. And, you know, to me, coaches, that's kind of fun for you when you get to that point where, yeah, we played yeah pretty dang good game this night. I agree. And sometimes it's not like. Sometimes you know it can it can work the other way too that the the table that we set was not great right. and the kids made it look great yeah. you know or um, or a, a bad game that we had I, I take the blame a lot of times for how we prepared or how we planned and, um, but yeah you know I, I think we're that's part of the season process as well like figuring out and I think a lot of times people think as the season goes on you add on you add on sometimes you're taking off and, right. and going all right here's what we execute well let's run it let's execute it so yeah uh, I was watching something with my mother-in-law and I'll give my mother-in-law credit she's very sports oriented it was uh, I don't know if it was an NFL game or an NBA game but they, the announcers talked about they're going to keep doing this until the defense stops them yep that's pretty basic coaching if exactly. something works Keep going to the well until you don't have it anymore. You know, the air raid people, you know, Mike Lee's air raid, especially when it came on the scene, just, oh, it's amazing. And they run about five plays. Yep. I mean, there, there's not much to it. And they'll, they'll might tweak it a little bit here and there, but there's there's not much to it. So I think that's football. I think that's what you saw like with Tascosa again. They 
you knew pretty well knew what they were going to do and who who can execute the best. So um, I think our game plan this week's good. I think we're we're in a position we've executed well all week and guys are ready to be back out there. Should go back and should set this beginning. There is a lot of meaning this week, but the positive, even in the loss last week, is you guys had already clinched number two seed, had already clinched the home playoff game. So regardless of – I'm going to predict that the outcome will be okay for you Friday. You're going to be home for a playoff game right. a week from Friday. So there's – you kind of want – do you want your kids to think about that yet or – not necessarily, but it, we know we thought about it, talked about it last week that that's a neat deal to be able to do senior night, but also know that you got another one on your field. So uh, that that's where we talked about it. But no, right now it's it's a it's one game, and our, our guys, you know, there's a I think deep down there's there's a worry of hey, how are we going to come out here Monday after getting beat after and knowing that as far as the seating and all that stuff, the game doesn't that won't affect it, but. Well, we could tell right away Monday that we're fine. We're, these guys are ready to play. And that doesn't surprise me because somebody asked me the other day about you guys. I said, well, you know, they've lost the friendship a few times in the regular season, and they've come back pretty good after that. Yeah. And so I have a hunch that your guys kind of carry that legacy with them. Like, we're going to come back and play yeah. better after a loss. I heard one of them say, you know, we lost 25 – or we won 25 in a row, and – you know, he, they're kind of taking the blame on it. And we, we broke the streak, and he said, we're dang sure not losing two in a row. So they, the, their mindset's good. Now we're going to have to play well because Caprock's going to have a lot to say with that. But I, I'm just excited that the uh, the mindset is right of, of our team. It makes it pretty easy to be the major D that week. For sure. For I'm sure. pretty proud of myself for saying that twice without messing it up. Can you spell it? No. I know. There's some kind of weird <laughs> the apostrophe. D-E-I in there. In there maybe. Yeah, you have to throw some apostrophe in the middle of it. I <laughs> No, I'll type it on my computer and let it fix it. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, plays out there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here in town because your friends from Friendship have yep. a pretty decent no doubt. impact game coming that yep. week. So, But I will be watching you guys and seeing what plays out. And that's Chip Darden taking the Lubbock Cooper Pirates up to Amarillo where Dick Bivens Stadium in November will probably be pretty cold. Pretty chilly. And they're going to take on the Caprock Longhorns with a lot at stake for both teams. This is Randy Rosetta with HubCityPreps.com, and this has been this week's football version of the Pirate Podcast.